Hello and welcome to episode 8 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. This podcast celebrates and shares people's incredible stories of recovery after making the transition to a low-fat, whole-food, vegan lifestyle. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. In 2004, I was left feeling terrified and helpless after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And 13 years later, after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet, I feel in control and amazing and symptom-free for the last nine years. This podcast was created for all the people out there now who are frightened and feeling without hope. I'm incredibly passionate about supporting other people to adopt a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based lifestyle for themselves and to see that food truly can be medicine. This week's episode is with neuropsychologist Dr. Ash Nayati, who adopted a vegan diet after watching the iconic vegan documentary Earthlings. In this podcast, she discusses the benefit of a plant-based diet on our mental health and her tips on working through the obstacles that can arise on the way to adopting a vegan diet, and plus so much more. She's super articulate, really, really, really smart, and fascinating to listen to. I hope you enjoy episode eight. Welcome, Dr. Ash. Thank you so much, Karin, for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you want to give an introduction to people who are listening? Sure. So I'm a neuropsychologist. So it's a psychologist with neuro in front of it. It basically means that I specialize in brain function and how it influences our behavior. And more specifically, how we can actually harness the power of our brain um, to change our bad habits, to achieve our goals and to live a healthy, successful, meaningful life. I'm really specifically interested in veganism because I think veganism is a fantastic vehicle for everybody to improve the quality of their life. Wow. As well as improving the quality of life for the animals and the planet. I don't know much about, well, I don't know if anyone who would be listening would know much about neuropsychology uh, and how it could impact on our mental health and on our well-being. Well, combined with veganism. So if you want to give us a bit of a explanation, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. So um, we have got inbuilt habits um, and some of these habits were, they're actually inbuilt into all humans. And then we've got the habits that we developed as individuals as we were growing up from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends and from our life experiences. And so what can often happen is we get into these patterns which aren't necessarily useful, but because they're so ingrained in our mind, we just follow them almost unthinkingly. And there's a statistic somewhere that says that we spend about 80% of our waking hours on autopilot, so not really thinking about what we're doing. So the 80% of time that we're on autopilot, it's all about our habits. Those are what are driving our behavior. And a really good example of this is if you've ever um, driven home or driven to work, so a really familiar um, path pathway for you, and you get home and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even realise I was on my way home and I don't even remember the last 20 minutes of my journey. And that was our brain's autopilot working for us while we were off thinking about something else. And so it's really important that if we're spending 80% of our time on autopilot, we need to have good habits that are going to advance our mental health and our happiness and, and our chances of reaching our goals. Mm, that's so true. I've done that so many times, driven home and gone, <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't remember. And then I, was, I was singing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're like a song comes on, you totally get lost in it, and then, oh, I'm home now. 
how did that happen? And the worst thing is when you don't actually intend to go home, like you need to go, you know, two streets away and you're like, shit, I just ended up at home. <laughs> I, yeah, I know that you just, just mentioned that you're moving house and I, for a while I drove to my old house. We moved around the corner from our house, a mm-hmm. six-minute six walk. Wow. And I kept driving into my old driveway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, and that's especially tough because the whole neighborhood is still the same. And so you're really having to undo a lot of the old habits and, and start um, entrenching new ones. Mm. So true. So how, how does that relate to a vegan diet? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that most people who were vegan did not start out being vegan. Well, they were raised eating meat, eating animal products, and it was after some kind of realisation that they became vegan. And I think that that's really, it's more important than we realise because to become vegan when you were raised differently, uh, it actually requires a lot of undoing of old habits. And it's a real sticking point for why many people do not go vegan because the prospect of changing habits is really scary. It's why people have they have trouble instilling any new habit or breaking any bad habit. So people have trouble quitting smoking. They have trouble starting an exercise program. They have trouble eating more healthily. They have trouble reducing their stress or starting meditation or yoga or any of those positive practices. It's because the habits are so ingrained. And I think that um, by knowing the way that our brain works, And having that awareness, it actually puts us in the driver's seat for, okay, I know what my mind is doing right now, but I am going to take over the autopilot and I'm going to steer myself in a different direction. So that could be adopting a vegan diet. Okay. So if you, let's say you've watched What the Health, because lots of people, lots of people watched What the Health and they've wanted, wanted to go vegan, but you're aware that, you know, 80% of your daily routine you do in autopilot like you say and they're thinking I don't know how to break this habit you know I've been eating meat since I was born and dairy and eggs but I do believe it's better for my health where do you think that they should start in trying to rewire their brains and change those habits that are ingrained yeah there's there's a few steps and I'll start with probably the most important one and that is to really boil down to why why is this change necessary? And it's going to be different for different people. So for some people, um, it is about around they're experiencing chronic health issues. Um, the And I, I know that you're familiar with this. And also there were some of the case studies in What the Health of people who were really, really struggling with their health and on in lots of pain and taking lots of medications. So for them, the health factor is going to be the biggest motivation. For people such as myself, mine was more ethical. Um, and it was really just you know, I couldn't in good conscience continue to live the way that I was living. Um, I know some people who are actually really st- strongly environmental, environmentally focused, and so for them it was the environmental impact that led them to veganism. So really boiling down the reasons is so important because everyone talks about getting motivation and getting inspired. You can't get it. You ignite the fire within and so, and, and you know, it, some people say, oh, you need to go vegan for the right reasons and, and you know, fitting into, your, fitting into your wedding dress from 20 years ago, that's not a good enough reason. But it, I, I don't agree with that. I think that whatever reason works for you, 
you got to take that and go with it because as you make the transition to veganism, more and more sources of motivation will open up. So it might start out as health or ethics, but then we branch out and we realize, okay, sustainability and all of these other things. Mm. That's so true. It was so true for me. I started out selfishly. Well, what felt selfish, feels, felt kind of selfish, but just for my own health. And then the ethics came in and then the sustainability came in. And mm. it wasn't just a, I didn't get all the reasons at once. I just chose the, the mm. health and then it had a ripple effect. So no, it's really, really, I read somewhere, I don't know where, but they talked about stacking the re- the whys. Like yeah. sucking the wires until you have a big enough wire that it's you can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that that that, that draws a lot from like coaching and positive psychology. Um, and you know, I know people who've gone vegan because they were struggling with acne and they eliminated dairy and they noticed an improvement. And so they thought, well, what else can I do? And some people would view that as a very superficial or selfish reason um i I, again i disagree and by the way selfish isn't selfishness is not a bad thing yeah we actually need to be a little bit selfish in a world that that um can take and take and take from us Mm. um but yeah just like you said you know we start off and we need to keep revisiting because to my mind we can go vegan for any number of reasons Ultimately, though, it when we tap into the ethical and environmental and sustainable reasons for being vegan, that's what keeps us vegan. Because mm. the health stuff can come and go. You know, people, they drop a few pounds or their skin clears up a bit or they maybe improve their health and they're like, oh, okay, I'm feeling pretty good now. I think I can start introducing the animal products. So I don't see like, – health can be a great reason to start. I don't think it's enough to keep us going. We need to really tap into some of those – reasons outside of ourselves it's those more altruistic reasons doing mm. things for others mm. Mm. De- that that's that's definitely um makes sense to me when i was just doing it for my health i remember that the with multiple sclerosis they say when you're pregnant you're kind of in remission most women tend to not have any relapses when they're during their pregnancies and i wasn't vegan i was just eating vegan for my health and my pregnancy I'm like give me all the meat and dairy and the chocolate and the cakes and I just pigged out on all that stuff and it wasn't until I made the connections with the animals and the planet after my son was born that I was like ah and 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 yeah then now I never would do that but yeah but the first time I was just doing it for my health and I was like nine months where I can eat what I want yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Sure. Totally. And I think that's a really common pattern for people who who make changes for health reasons and only health reasons and they don't look further. Mm, mm, true, true. So how long have you been vegan? So I became vegan in 2008. So ne- next year, so this is like my 10th year now. So next year I'll have my vegan anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's really exciting. I mean, and, you know, there are, there are, I know people, they've been vegan for, for 20, 25, 30 years, which, yeah, it's just, it's just so amazing. And as time goes on, we're going to see more and more people who can say, well, hey, I've, I've been vegan for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and I'm still alive. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. And how did you start? Earthlings. Earthlings was it for me. And actually, you know, it, 
it was earthlings that con- that convinced me. Um, obviously, though, a seed can't take hold until the ground is fertile. So there was a part of me which had been questioning myself prior to watching earthlings. So I actually, huh, it all started because I was trying to prove someone wrong, which is always a great reason to do things. <laughs> and so I, I used to eat a lot of Ugh, I used to eat a lot of canned tuna fish and I'm just disgusted even saying that right now. I used to eat a lot of canned tuna and someone said, oh, but mercury's so bad for you. And then and I was like, there's not that much mercury in tuna and I'm going to prove you wrong. And when I actually started to look at the research and I thought to myself, my goodness, um, th- there actually is, but there's more to it than that. And I came across um, Meet Your Meat, which is I think the I think Peter – um, it was it's like a very short documentary and then I came across earthlings but it was earthlings I watched it right through um, with a big box of tissues and from that day forward I didn't realize I was a vegan um, it was but that it was that moment I just couldn't do it so I said I'll try the vegan thing for 30 days and see how I go and at the end of 30 days at the end of 30 days I actually gave myself permission to eat meat and I remember standing in front of this big, thing of of marine dead marine life and i just couldn't do it so that that was it it was earthlings wow wow earthlings i can't i I have to watch it like this and my husband's like you're already vegan why would you do that to yourself (laughs) if i want to ask someone to tell someone that they should watch it i want to make sure i've watched it so i can yeah, it's and it's the more I think once we become vegan, it becomes even more difficult to watch. Now I know that a lot of people struggle when they do decide. So if they're listening to this and they're thinking, "Oh, I'd like to try it, but my husband or my kids aren't vegan, and they don't want to go vegan, mm. or they're not ready to, or I don't know if they'll be okay with it, or those kind of things." Did you have anything like that? Any resistance when you first? made this change oh definitely it was not my I was um so I was married I still am married but my husband was had no interest in becoming vegan he was actually very supportive in the sense of like you do what you got to do um but I actually did get a lot of resistance from other people around me it was really difficult people telling me it was unhealthy people who had never shown concern for my health before then started to say things like well protein and iron and calcium and all of these things and yeah it was really hard I had people sabotaging me too so they would make something and say yes it's vegan and then I would find I would find out later that no there were actually animal products in it and whether I mean whether that was real sabotage or they just forgot I don't know Um, it was yeah it was really really difficult and it probably took a few years before before people really accepted that the no no I'm I'm serious about this and it's not just a phase Mm, mm. so you were asking about if I had any advice to give I mean I can certainly share my experience so my husband my husband who said he would never go vegan he has been vegan now for six years nearly seven years and so the way that that happened I tried many ways including the evangelical shoving pamphlets at him saying look at what happens to the chickens and and that didn't really work I think that the people around us are are afraid of change we're afraid of change everyone's afraid of change and the people around us they tend to be afraid that we're going to force them into something that they don't want to do so I think it's important that right off the bat even though in the back of our mind we secretly hope they'll go vegan 
I think it's important to say to them, look, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. This is for me. I'm making this change because I think that it's right for me. And if they love us and support us, uh, I would hope that they would have enough respect for us to, um, if not openly support the decision, to at least not try and try and ruin it or, or sabotage it for us. So there's some elements there of boundaries and respect, which I think is really important. And I find that once we make the change, because most people, most people don't even know what veganism means and what vegan food looks like. So we, we make the change ourselves and we bring new foods into the home and different kinds of meals and they try it and maybe they like some and maybe they don't like others. We take them to, to vegan restaurants or, or vegan festivals and they get to experience different things. They notice the changes in us, the benefits. It's our, Maybe it's our health or our feelings of well-being or our sleep improves or whatever Um, and then they slowly they just start to see it in action because it's easy to make a change when you've watched someone go through it themselves and come out the other side with all of these positive benefits Mm. you know because the idea of veganism it's very abstract and it's hard to kind of take this uh, this notion which you know this vegan diet and someone writes it down and they it's a meal plan or something but to actually witness it it's extremely powerful Mm. did you and your husband have a obvious health benefits as a result of eating this way we both did i'll I'll speak to, to my health benefits I noticed my, my skin improved. I did used to struggle with acne, so huge improvements to, to my skin. Um, my hair got thicker, things like even um, nails breaking easily, like that stopped happening. I found that waking up in the morning feeling congested and tired, like that really, really improved. Once I became vegan, I, I found myself getting sick very infrequently. What else? My sleep improved. I slept deeper. I found found that my athletic recovery was better, so I was able to exercise more. And I used to exercise like every day, and sometimes more often than that. Uh, what other health benefits? My concentration was better because I no longer needed coffee to keep myself awake, and that was kind of a synergistic thing because my sleep was better as well. Digestion definitely got better, and small and very small things like stomach was a bit flatter you know little little things like that yeah um, yeah. which uh, they don't worry me so much but uh you know they're they're nice side effects to have I suppose yeah yeah and what about your husband um so the one I'll I'll share the ones that he's shared because I I don't know how comfortable he is with with me sharing everything oh Um, yeah yeah please (laughs) I only um, share the ones you think he'd be okay with yeah yeah well because he he shares his um, he shares sort of his benefits on Facebook. So the ones that I know he'd be comfortable sharing on Facebook. So he's quite into lifting weights and he mm. found that once he became vegan um, and especially eliminating eliminating the, 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 the meat, the animal products, sorry, the, the meat, like the flesh products, um, he found that his muscle recovery was was better and it actually just seems to be improving every day like he can lift he can train very heavy every single day and even more than once a day and he he's not overly sore or you know Mm. or injured or anything like that his skin improved too so when he when he used to lift weights um, and he would drink a lot of dairy based protein shakes and the dairy 
was making his skin break out. So he got rid of the dairy and that really improved. Um, he's increased his muscular strength a lot and the size of his muscles too, which is a nice benefit for him. So he's gained muscle, but he's dropped, I suppose, fat weight. He was he was not fat at all to begin with, but his body composition has changed. And from his perspective, he sees it as having changed for the better. His sleep is, has improved as well. Definitely get, he just doesn't get sick. It's amazing and less congested. He can sometimes snore, but... Um, that's definitely improved a lot since going vegan. What else? Those are the things I can think of off the top yeah, of my yeah, head. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And what was your way of eating before? Because some people might think, oh, maybe they always ate pretty healthy or always ate very minimal amounts of meat and dairy and egg products. What was it like for you in your home? Yeah, so breakfast would be – he didn't used to eat breakfast at all. Um, mine, my breakfast used to be like coffee – and yogurt and porridge or yogurt and muesli. Um, I didn't used to eat a lot of fruit. Lot I, I didn't drink cow's milk because I am sensitive to, to lactose, Yo, um, but I did used to eat yogurt and cheese. Um, that would be breakfast and sometimes, you know, the, the eggs and uh, – I feel sick saying it, but, you know, eggs and omelettes and I used to eat eggs every day actually. That would be pretty common. Lunch would be like – salad and meat usually so it was a very like very high protein high fat low carbohydrate diet I didn't used to eat a lot of rice or bread or anything and dinner would be about the same I used to work at a gym so I think I was quite influenced by the way that my co-workers ate which is lots of meat and salad and vegetables um, no fruit not not a whole lot of fiber to be honest no, no potatoes, no bananas, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what would a day look like now? Like what would you – a typical breakfast, typical lunch, typical dinner? Breakfast is usually fruit and where we like smoothies. We put greens and seeds and things into them. Lunch and dinner are pretty similar. So rice with maybe lentil soup. Last night I made, made like a, a big pot of – chili, uh, vegan chili with beans and lots of vegetables in there. Um, we eat gluten-free pasta. Um, I like this morning, actually, my three-year-old and I, we made brownies out of red kidney beans. So I figure they're healthy, <laughs> they're healthy brownies. So we do make treats like that as well. Um, pretty much whole food, vegan. And we occasionally eat out. And, you know, I love, I love hot chips and things like that. I'll eat cupcakes and all, all the rest of it but just um yeah day-to-day -day, pretty simple sounds yum I like I like a brownie I make mine with oats at the moment they're yum oh nice oats and banana nice. actually it sounds really simple but yum yeah mm. that's really good you can make them into cookies as well yeah. oats and bananas and just yeah yeah I just change the mixture if I make it into a if I, it's biscuits one day the same thing becomes <laughs> biscuit brownie the next day <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, it's just quicker with brownies. Pour it in, whereas biscuits you have to get each one. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally get you. <laughs> I may keep making hand gestures and no one can see. <laughs> like with the earthlings, I said, oh, you know, watch it like this, but no one can see in the podcast when they're listening. They're like, 
wash it like what? With my hands <laughs> over my eyes. Yeah, so one of my questions would just be about three things that you can think of that you think might help make making the transition easier for someone who's starting out. Okay. The first thing is to start with the easiest thing, So, which is a very vague statement, I realise. So um, there are foods that we all have in our life that we're not overly attached to. Like we really couldn't care less if we're having, let's say, if we have our coffee with soy milk versus cow's milk. You know, if that doesn't really bother us all that much, then make those changes. But ma- make all of those sorts of really simple, easy changes. If you know, swapping out cow's milk yogurt with coconut yogurt, swapping out what else? Swapping out chicken nuggets with with a vegan version of, of chicken nuggets. Even the the condiments that we use, a lot of them contain animal products, and so swapping out for the vegan version. So make all of those really easy changes right at the beginning. A lot of people are reluctant to go vegan because they say, well, I love cheese too much. So my response is, okay, go vegan except for the cheese thing. So get rid of all of the other things, make all of those easy changes. So that would be my first suggestion. Um, my, sec- my second suggestion would be focus on the food that you love already that happens to be vegan. So it might be um, falafel and hummus, which is often a real favourite for people. Maybe it's like, um, a you know, pasta and vegetables, or like a nice you know veg- vegetable lasagna. Um, any of it might might be like Indian food, uh, Indian cuisine where there's already a lot of vegetarian dishes or or Mexican food. So things that you already love that already happen to be vegan, just bring more of those into your life because I think when people are faced with a prospect of veganism, it's like, mine goes blank, what do I eat? And we forget that there's so many things that we already love that are vegan, even just fruit, you know, like a big fruit salad, so delicious. And, you know, who doesn't like fruit? <laughs> so that would be my my second suggestion. It's a great suggestion. Yeah, I think we just get so hung up on what's lacking. It seems so huge, the concept to go vegan and what you've just said, those two those two tips are really great for people just to break it down into a real simple thing. Okay, I'll just go plant-based except the cheese or I'll, you know, I'll just add in more of those foods that I like that are already vegan. They're great. They're great tips. Yeah, yeah. And the, the third one I would, I would say, well, I'm just trying to pick one more. That, um, that <laughs> you can do helpful. two more if you'd like. <laughs> one is, uh, the third one would be, it's about perfectionism, Right real this can be a real problem with vegans because it can be this okay I'm vegan I'm vegan and I've been vegan for a week and whoops I had something and I didn't realize there was milk powder in it because there's milk powder in everything Mm. and I, I didn't realize there was milk powder and I failed and I'm terrible and so now I'm just going to go back to eating the way that I was I think that that's a really dangerous way of thinking because it it just sets us up to fail. And this doesn't mean that we should just, oh, okay, uh, I'm having an, a hankering for some cow's cheese, so I'll just eat it. I'm not talking about making excuses, but I think just being a little bit kinder to ourselves if we do make an honest mistake, mm. you know, and it happens. Like I told you, you know, people used to make things for me and say that they were vegan and I discovered that they weren't. And that's, it's really hard to do that, you know, to sort of go forward when you feel like you've mucked up and we need to 
experience the disappointment of when that happens and maybe a little bit of anger or how dare they do that to me or how dare they put milk powder in something that doesn't even need milk powder and then keep going yeah. and it's just to be kinder to ourselves I think. And I think that that we need to realise that it can happen to even the most seasoned, you know, vegans. And I've been vegan for just, just up to six years and the other day I ate, me and my sons ate a whole plate full of these zucchini fritters thinking that they were, they were out of wedding my brother's vegan and I thought, oh, this is the vegan, this is the vegan thing that they've got for us. And I just were eating it, we were all eating it, my kids, and it was delicious. And then like an hour later that we found out they were covered in egg wash. <sighs> and you just think, oh, God, my baby's never had egg before and now he's had a whole plate full of egg. Yeah. It's just... You just have to jump back on the bike and dust yourself off and Yeah. And and I think that what happens in that moment, you know, we feel this whole mix of emotions like disgust and, and fury and and um it's really hard to cope and generally most people aren't that great at handling those feelings in a healthy way. And so there's a part of our mind which is like, well, I feel so uncomfortable right now, so I'm just not gonna I'm just going to turn my back on veganism and just turn my back on everything that I learned because it's easier to pretend that that doesn't exist than to have to face this, have to face what I'm feeling and even have to to, to have the prospect of that happening again. Yeah. True. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. I guess it's kind of like, well, if it, if it, if it doesn't mean anything to me, if I can dismiss the whole vegan thing so effortlessly – then I don't, yeah, I don't have to feel this feeling. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It did feel, for me, and my kids were just annoyed they couldn't keep eating those things. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, no, it happens. Oh, it happens. When it happens, yeah. I'm always horrified. But but I guess the average person probably that's, might be listening to this and that isn't vegan yet may be thinking, I'm a long way off feeling that way. Well, it's it's really good to know that, I think that, you know, even after 10 years you can make mistakes and making the mistake doesn't detract from the good work that you're doing for your health, for the animals and for the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just jump back on the wagon. Think of it like if, you're, if you've made a commitment to get in shape or, or improve your fitness and there's one day you wake up and you've, you've, you've got a cold and you're like, I can't even get out of bed right now, then... Does that mean that, okay, we should just throw in the towel and never exercise again? Of course not. There's still benefits to the to the things, that the, the actions that we've taken prior to that. And sure, if we make one honest mistake, and I, I don't want to suggest that we should just, okay, be vegan and then if, if the impulse takes us, okay, let's just eat some meat yeah, just no. for the hell of it. I'm not suggesting that, but it's, it's more... This is accidental we, consumption. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, and then it's more about, okay, I made a mistake, we deal with it, um, move, move through that and then make a pledge to, to, keep, to keep going, keep going forward because just one, taking one step back doesn't mean that you go back to square one. It's like if you get a flat tyre, you don't slash your other three tyres because you're like, <laughs> I hate my car now. 
He's like, go, fix the tire and keep going. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, said you, had, you said I had a couple more, but what would be one more if you've forgotten the couple more tips that you had that might be helpful for people? Oh, okay. Um, this one is, is to remember the power of momentum. So when we first start to make changes, it seems like it's a big effort for very little payoff. And it's a big effort because it's so new and unfamiliar to us and it's new foods and a new way of thinking. And then we're like, well, what benefit am I really getting? But it's, uh, you know, it, it's after a week or after a fortnight, that's when the ball really starts going and we really start seeing changes because our taste buds change and our gut bacteria changes. And that's when we start to notice improvements in our health. Um, and as time goes on, and we rack up the runs on the board. So it's, okay, it's a month now. It's been six months now. It's been a year now. Um, we see the improvements getting better and better and better. So it's like exponential growth. Um, and it's like, it's like that with everything, to be honest. It's like that with weight loss. If, if anyone's ever tried to lose weight, you find that maybe for the first short while, it seems like the scales aren't budging, but then the weight really starts to fall off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's like that with studying or anything. Yeah, like you said, it's like that with anything. You, you just start and the first assignment feels impossible and then you just get used to that you have to write a certain way and work a certain way and plan your time a certain way. And I think that's the same with veganism. When you start and you're not prepared and you don't have any food in the house and yeah. you're like, well, I'm starving so I'm going to eat this pack of twisties because <laughs> mm. it's here and there's nothing else vegan and then you start realizing okay when I'm going out or when I'm hungry I'm going to need to have these foods in the house ready to go so that I'm not reaching for junk food or if I'm going out late at night and only Mac McDonald's is open that I'm going to have to I carry like a whole handbag full of snacks because yeah. I just don't want not that I go out very often but if I ever do I know now like yeah after being caught out once when I was first went vegan that I want a handful of almonds and apples and bananas in my handbag. <laughs> totally, totally. And you're a mum, so you need the snacks because you never know, you just never know. Yeah, <sighs> completely. And so it's that, it, it really is um, for, for everything. So learning a musical instrument, it's the same, picking up a new sport, um, a new skill, you start yoga, you feel like you're completely inflexible, but then it, it comes with time. So you, it's, you start veganism, there's this real hurdle of everything's weird and new and what is, what you know, what is cashew cheese and, you know, Satan, what the hell? But then you, the newness, you get through it and you keep going and then the, you, the benefits really accumulate. And there's already the, the altruistic benefits you can see right away. Not, not everybody resonates with that. Altruism is one of the most powerful ways to improve our mental health. So even just focusing on I did something today and these animals did not have to die because of me, I saved a life today or I saved many lives today. That's pretty powerful. You just mentioned, touched on the altruism and mental health. What are the other ways that you think that adopting this way of eating impacts upon it, can positively impact upon our mental health? Sure. So there's the so I'll mention one physical and one psychological. So from a physical point of view, when we improve our diet, we change our gut bacteria and there's, there's, there are many links now between our microbiome and our mental health. So in a nutshell, our gut bacteria improve, we reduce inflammation in the body. I mean, you know this you know, better than I do probably. We reduce inflammation and that can improve our mental health. It improves the functioning of all of our organs, including our brain. 
So that's one from a physical point of view. And from a psychological standpoint, I mean, I, I mentioned altruism. I can't reiterate it enough. And veganism really can be the gateway to adopting a number of other habits that are beneficial to us. So you see, I became vegan and then I stopped drinking coffee and then I stopped drinking alcohol. And I'm not saying that you need to do those things if you want to be vegan, but what I'm saying is when we make a change that's as profound as going vegan, we realize I'm capable of so many things. If there were habits in our life that we're struggling to let go of and things we want to start doing, and we're like, dude, I can go vegan. If I can be vegan in this world that is 99% non-vegan, I can do anything. That's true. That's really true. I never thought about it like that, but you do feel like a superhero. Like I just feel like, what can I try? I've done this. Now what can I what can I do? Absolutely. I'll start a podcast. Sure, sure, why not? Right. <laughs> You'll write a book. Sure, why not? All of these things, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you for those. The last thing would be just to talk about you and your work and how people can find out and connect with you or they can hear you talk or, you know, how can people hear more from you or learn more about you, see you speak or anything like that? So I'm based in Melbourne, so I do attend um, a lot of the vegan festivals in Melbourne and I speak at, at some of them. Probably the best way to connect with me is on social media. So if you look at Vegan Neuropsychologist on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, then you will find me. So Neuropsychologist is neuro, N-E-U-R-O, psychologist at the end. So vegan neuropsychologist is me and um, I'm on there pretty frequently. So you're welcome to message me through um, through social media. I also have a website, which is www.revolutionme.com.au. So revolutionme.com.au. And I don't just write about veganism. I also write about... Um, well, I've considered myself as a voice for the most vulnerable people in our society, which is animals and children. So I also write about young people, uh, respect for animals and respect for young people. So Revolution Me is my website. Um, you can contact me through there as well. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'm just going to recap. So you can find you on social media, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, did you say? YouTube, yep. Uh, vegan Neuropsychologist. And your website, vegan neuropsychologist on social media, and revolutionme.com.au is your website. Which I think That's is a beautiful right. idea talking about the voiceless and the people who are most, most vulnerable, kind of children and animals. I think that's a wonderful. I haven't actually looked at that, but um, I'll have a look today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love you, love your um, in, insight there. Um, I feel like kids and animals, they do. They do communicate. We just don't listen to it, unfortunately, um, and it's a, it's a systemic problem. We have speciesism and we have childism. Yeah, and you're a mum, so so you know just how rampant they can be, both of them. Thank you so much. I know you have to go, but thank you so much for this interview. You're welcome. I really enjoy talking to you. I'm sure we're going to have lunch dates sometime. I just know it. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I feel like we could keep talking all day, to be honest. Yeah, there me there too. seems to be so many things to cover. I, know. I really um I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much to Dr. Ash for taking the time to speak with me today and thank you so much everyone for listening. 
Next week, we have on the podcast yet another truly amazing story about how a low-fat plant-based diet helped bikini model and bodybuilder Amanda Fisher drastically improve her rheumatoid arthritis. See you next week. (laughs) 